Welcome to the I Am Winter Solstice Symposium and Fire Tenders Gathering. We are happy you are here. Please find the full schedule at IamSymposium.com. All right, Judy, take it away. Thank you, Renee. And welcome, everyone, to the symposium. I need to let you know two things. One is that I'm getting messages. We have very high winds here where I am. And I'm getting messages from my computer that my connection is unstable. So should I freeze on your screen, I will do my best to uh, record my presentation offline and post it so that you don't miss out. Um, This morning, I'd like to introduce myself, too, as a holder of the energy of the north wind, Boreas. The north carries a lot of energy segments from all of the directions. And it's all about community and service and also about expansion of the spirit. I have worked for probably the last 20 years with animals as my primary focus. I'm a professional animal communicator as well as shamanic practitioner focusing on animals. And I wanted to share with you today some of the qualities that I have learned from the animals that helped me to rebalance during COVID and during all of the trauma. One of the blessings of COVID is that it brought a lot of people closer to nature closer to their families, because we had to be quarantined with each other. There were a record in the last two years, a record number of families, thousands of them, adopting animals to bring home for their comfort, to help them be resilient during this time. And what I'd like to share with you are four aspects of that connection with the animals that I have obtained over years of working with them. I also work on a farm. I live on a farm. And those aspects are nonverbal communication, being in the present moment, trusting your instincts, and living in spirit. Animals communicate with each other telepathically. And that might come across as images, sensations, feelings, thoughts, vibrations, or a combination of any of that. That communication is not limited by location or distance and can happen all over the entire world. Have you ever felt like you just know something in your heart, you know that it's true? Or you pick up on thoughts of a friend far away and it happens to be exactly what they were thinking. And that's what telepathic communication is. But when animals go into telepathic communication, they enter a common energy field. It's their own worldwide web, as it were. And what we are picking up right now from the field 
a lot of people are. I do counseling, I do shamanic work, and every practitioner that I've talked to is experiencing the same thing of people coming to them with a lot of ambient fear and anxiety, especially the children. One of the things we're picking up on is that ambient fear and anxiety from the field of energy of humans that we're not always aware of because we're not generally taught to be aware of it. We assume that it's our own and what a lot of what we're feeling may not belong to us. Our empathy, and everyone has some degree of empathy, our empathy is what makes us a part of all that is. That's what makes us a part of that field. When you're empathic and you get overwhelmed by all of the information coming in, the overwhelm is created by resistance to it. What if we could embrace our empathy as our opening, our doorway into all that is and restore that connection? I'd like to read you a quote by Jane Goodall. She was recently on the On Being program um, talking about what it means to be human. She says, human intelligence grew quickly. The separation of mind and heart helped to shape our separation from other animals and helped to shape our arrogance. Religion penetrated science for humans to believe that we should have dominion over animals. We are animals, and we are part of the continuum of feelings, empathy, and intelligence. Our nonverbal language is the same as animals for fear, for love, for comfort, and for care. The artist Brian Andreas says in one of his works, the only thing that separates me from the animals is a lot of words. So when I stop talking, the gap closes really fast. When we stop talking, when we become nonverbal, there is so much information that our bodies, our minds, and our spirits can take in. In silence and in stillness, there's room for listening, for creativity, for problem solving, for feeling connection with all our relations. And we can come out of what one of my horses used to call tornado head. It was that spinning cycle of hamster wheel thought that humans tend to get into, especially at this time of year and in stressful times. Connecting with nonverbal expression or our nonverbal aspects of ourselves as animals, we're able to feel fully alive and connected. We can follow the guidance of our hearts rather than the direction of our minds and the screening that the mind puts around everything so we can't see it as clearly as we might. When I was asked by one of my spirit guides to acknowledge the directions in my morning ceremony non-verbally, just to sing them in, I was amazed at how much information I got from not having any words. I also felt a lot closer to my guiding spirits. Give yourself some time to be still, to communicate without words, and to feel a part of nature, a part of your environment. 
it's really so important for our survival. The second aspect that I have learned from these animals is being in the present moment. And that sounds like, you know, a very, it's not trite, but it's very common for everyone to say, be in the present moment. But what does that really mean? Animals live in the present moment. Our human thinking process takes us either to our past regrets or anticipating something that's going to happen in the future that hasn't happened yet, but we still get very stressed out with it. Linda Kohanov, author of The Tao of Equus, if you haven't read that book, it's a great one, says that for prey animals, everything in their environment is equal. And what needs attention will draw attention to itself. That is a very Taoist way of looking at the world. However, considering that everything is equal in the environment requires something else that neither our human history nor the cultural perspectives of the Western world have instilled in us, and that is trust. A rabbit friend of mine told me that when one lives in the present moment with acceptance that things happen to the highest good and one assumes love, there is not the dissonance of regret, only wonder at how life unfolds. She was a very wise bunny. She was one of my house bunnies. Because of COVID, all of the natural disasters that are happening all over the entire world, the political unrest, the entire planet is on edge. We're feeling our own reactions as well as those of the field, which are also in the human field, taking us into the past and into the future, but not into the present. Byron Katie's work is all about being in the present moment. And her work helps people to work with their minds to get past the, the assumptions, the fear, and the defensiveness of the traumas that they have experienced or are currently experiencing that create a renewable cycle of tension and keeps us from the present moment. Bruce Lipton, in The Biology of Belief, says that every time we retell the story of a trauma, our bodies react as though it were still happening. We are creating, and, and as a craniosacral therapist, I can attest to this. I can feel it in the brains of people that I work with. It produces the exact same amount of adrenaline when you recall the experience and you tell it to people as it did the original time that it happened. So just think about that. How many times have you retold that story and continue to generate that inflammation, that that production of adrenaline in your body. So the good news is that it works just the same with a positive story. So if you find an affirmation or you find, and I find when I do shamanic healing for people, frequently a prescription that is given by my guides is for people to look in the mirror and tell themselves, I love you or to do a blessing tree of thinking of one blessing every single day for like 40 days. 
blowing that into a ribbon and tying it on a tree. To visually be able to see how many blessings you truly have in your life. Each time we repeat that positive story, we bring ourselves to the present moment. And we affect everybody around us. So in the morning when I say, I choose joy today, I choose to be joyful. It's amazing how that affects my whole environment at home, at work, and with everyone that I meet. And that is how we affect the field. That is how we become the change that we want to see, is that we contribute something different to the field than fear and anxiety. We contribute joy. We contribute love. We contribute acceptance. And we redefine the field by contributing a different energy. The practice of Tonglin does this beautifully. You breathe in sorrow, you breathe out joy. Quechua practitioners go one better. You breathe in the joy that you get from being in the present moment and you breathe that joy right back out. Develop a practice of self-love and self-respect and begin with yourself. It's like throwing a pebble into a pond. When we achieve a state of balance in ourselves, we make everything equal. And it helps to clarify our discernment of the present moment. The next one, the next aspect is trusting your instincts. I was recently in a discussion of how people react in emergencies, how humans react in emergencies, and got a message from Owl that says, animals, when in desperate situations, do not prolong the agony. They trust their instincts, and they either exit or they accept or adapt to the situation quickly. It actually only takes, just a little factoid for you, one seventy-second of a second for a message to get from a horse's brain to its hind end to move out of a dangerous situation. Humans prolong suffering, Owl said, by redefining perceptions of the situation and holding on to a story which justifies suffering. You get something out of that suffering. And as Jane Goodall said, our minds are conditioned not to trust instincts so they are disconnected from the natural pathways to survival. And they choose to remain in mire until they find an understanding of the situation, which delays their exit and relief from spiritual suffering. A saying that we have in craniosacral work is, analysis creates paralysis. For animals, emotions are a welcome signal for survival, of themselves as well as of their pack, their herd, their flock, whatever it is, group that they are in, and their species as a whole. It's a welcome tool that's embedded in their instincts and they listen very carefully. For humans, emotions are not easily expressed and most of the time are not very welcome for most people. They're taken very personally, they can be overwhelming, and they can actually become a block to their original purpose of informed action. 
As humans, we try to reason and explain and find resonance, and so we're very slow to act. The collective reaction to global warming is a good example. We've all been in relationships that we didn't leave soon enough. I know you are out there, and I know you know I'm talking about you. And we hesitated to act because we didn't, inst we didn't trust our instincts and we didn't entrust our perceptions. Am I seeing things? Am I really seeing what I'm seeing? Trusting yourself and trusting your instincts creates integrity and it, in it creates sovereignty. It will strengthen your sovereignty in this world. And you'll feel more solid and intact in spite of your personal traumatic history. I know I did. If you recall the yin-yang symbol, it's a perfect symbol for that balance of holding the dark within the light and holding the light within the dark. What do you need in this moment to be balanced? Is there one thing that you can do or that you can think of that will bring you not only into balance, but into the present moment. And the last aspect I'd like to share with you is living in spirit. Most animals do live in spirit. They don't feel the possessive nature of their bodies as closely as humans do. It's how they communicate in spirit, it's how they manage pain, and it's how they relate to their environment and to all that is. Your animal knows exactly what you're thinking because it can read your mind, it's in your field. And it doesn't disconnect from that field, no matter what happens. They are constantly connected to the web of life and to the energy field of all that is, and that includes you in it how lucky we are to have that kind of support. They are taught to do that by their own kind over time. Animals have taught me, have showed me and told me, for example, it takes six months for a cow to become cow. It takes at least four months for a horse to become horse and to spend time in the herd, to become part of that herd, and to learn about the spirit of horse and to integrate that in themselves. Rescues dogs that I have worked with that have had terribly traumatic pasts, and I'm working with them and their families to, to help them adapt to their new homes. It makes me cry because they tell me, I never learned how to play. And so they have to learn that from their families. But they learn that originally from their own kind. We don't know how many people are out there that teach their children how to be a part of all that is. How to really be a part of nature and how to relate with it. Humans are taught to live with humans, but not so much with differences of kind. Even, even our racial issues that are deep-seated across the entire planet are because we don't teach consciously that when something is different, it's not bad. 
people expose their children to animals, but more like living things with no soul, not so much as guides and teachers and fellow beings. A few years ago when the Pope announced that animals have souls, there was shock in some parts of the world and in other parts of the world, they said, what took you so long? If we consciously lived in spirit, connected to all that is and all our relations all the time, we had just that little anchor attached to all that is in the field. Who would we be? Who would we include in our heart field that is not currently there? And what possibility of love could we open for ourselves? Who would make your life richer in this moment if you could connect to the field? And all you have to do is think about your dog or your cat or your animal greeting you when you first get home. You know, if I was only the person my dog thinks I am. The space of spirit includes accepting unconditional love as well as giving it. And accepting unconditional love is really hard for those of us who've had a lot of trauma in our lives because love and joy are overwhelming feelings. The good news is that the heart can be conditioned to accept it. Just take your time. There's no question that living with animals can enrich our lives, especially when we can learn from their wisdom and their presence with us. And even if you don't have an animal, connecting to and appreciating the animal parts of ourselves can give us so much richness in our lives. We are all capable of being empathic and of connecting to the world around us in a sensory way. We can practice being in the present moment and raise our heart's awareness to trust and love in that moment. By trusting our instincts, we can bring ourselves into balance and into our true strength. And by living in spirit, we can change our world. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate the opportunity to share with you. Welcome to the 10th annual I Am Winter Solstice Symposium and Fire Tenders Gathering. We are excited to offer this container for you to celebrate during these darker days of December from December 20th through January 2nd. We will be having live events every day in the Wind Clan. There will also be a recording available for you if you've given us your email address over at IamSymposium.com. And there's an opportunity to purchase this whole series if you don't think you can be with us live. So again, welcome, and we look forward to being with you throughout.